Welcome to the One Right Church podcast, where we will discuss what it's like to believe that you attend the only right church. My name is Mark Shaw, and I spent the first 45 years of my life in the Followers of Christ Church in Oregon City, believing I was in the One Right Church. Our hope is that by simply sharing our story, that we would urge people to look to the Bible for answers instead of their religious traditions. We want to encourage people to trust in Jesus for their salvation and not in attending the One Right Church. Let's get started. Well, hey, Scott. Hi, Mark. Good to see you again. Yeah, you too. I'm uh, feeling pretty good today. I'm feeling very justified today. Um, Okay. Well, (laughs) if, if you feel justified, tell me why. Okay. Well, LeBron James just uh, broke the record for all-time scoring leader in NBA history. Okay. I have been making the argument for some years now that he is the greatest basketball player of all time, so I'm feeling just he's come through. and uh, I I was going to ask, how does that justify you? Well, well, I'm a big fan of LeBron James. I've... Okay, I so have spent a lot of hours having arguments about who is actually the best basketball player of all time, and I am in the minority in my age group for people who fall <laughs> on the side of LeBron James. Some younger people, I think, than me would maybe fall Agreed. on that side, but my age and older typically will fall on the side of Michael Jordan. Okay. And and when you get fans arguing with each other about that, they get really, really passionate about their guy. Okay. And uh, well, the fact that you're justified makes me like yeah. stand down, <laughs> right. and I won't. Uh, yeah, I won't uh, make any case. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, though, with all of the hours I've spent, with everything that I've learned about LeBron, with everything I've all the time I've spent watching him and cheering him on. Um, if I ran into LeBron James on the street, he would have no idea who I was. True. And I was thinking about that and, and also because of a book that I had read, but we can do the same thing with Jesus. We can just be a fan. We can learn all the miracles that he performed. We can, uh, Bible stories, all the Bible stories. Yeah. And, what really matters is, do you have a relationship with him? Do you mm. know him? Are you a fan or are you a follower of Jesus? Okay. And so I thought we would talk about that a little bit today. Okay. Um, well, uh, yeah, we'll start with uh, LeBron James and get yeah. to Jesus and it'll all be good. Yeah. There you go. Well, there's no argument, at least, here, of the greatest of all time. I do way. not have another yeah. case to make on that. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so I want to bring up uh, what brought this to mind was a book that I read. Um, I read this book, I don't know, four years ago, maybe it was, it was after I had come to faith, Mm -hmm. but I was still at followers and a friend of mine sent this book to my brother and I, Okay. and this book was very challenging. He was, he was basically making a lot of these cases. Well, what book was it? Just get on with it here. The the book is called Not a Fan by Kyle Eidelman. And uh, I'm sure can put a link in the show notes to that book. Yeah, we can connect to that. Um, But 
I would recommend this book really to anyone, uh, okay. and not not just someone at followers or, um, but really anyone in church today. Even it's mm. a it's a really important question to ask: Is are you a fan or are you a follower of Jesus? Well, how do you distinguish between the two? Right, right. It's uh, well, Jesus gives us some clues, I think, okay. with um, some of the things that we read, like in. In Luke, he will, um, he says, "Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you?" Mm. So I think there's some obedience to Jesus that might be a difference between a fan and a follower. And he recognizes that there are some people who call him Lord, Lord, yeah. like uh, you're, you know, in my estimation, you're the best player ever, right? Right. So there's some fans, is what you're saying? Yeah. And he's he's calling him out. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, he again in John um, fourteen, uh, verse twenty one says, uh, "Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me." So, I think it's that again that hearing the words of Jesus and keeping those command and and obeying him is a sign of being a true follower of Jesus rather than um, just thinking that you can add him to your life, I think, is uh, kind of what comes to mind. So if you're a fan, you're, you've got this good life, basically, mm-hmm. and it's made up of a number of different things. It's made up of your hobbies, it's made up of your family, it's made up of maybe of your church, it's made up of lots of things. But what you're telling me is that if you take Jesus and put him as one of those many things, you're a fan. That's what I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and if in what you're suggesting is that Jesus is doing here is saying um, really it is more putting him at the center where he, you have the commands and you keep them. Right. And you're not, you know, you don't view it as optional. Right, exactly. In, in this book, one of the things he says is um, that Jesus wants to be you're one and only, not one of many. And, and that's kind of what you were just talking about. Okay. It's, not, um, it's not something that we can just add to our life. And I, I want to make sure that I'm being clear that I'm saying I was convicted by this book. I found that I was just a fan of Jesus mm-hmm. when I thought I was yeah. a true follower. Um, and it was, uh, it, it was convicting. I remember calling my friend who sent, it, sent me the book and saying, have you— have you read this yet? Have you listened? I, I had an audio book, so I was listening to it and said, have you listened to this yet? And uh, he said, I knew I shouldn't have sent that to you. <laughs> and he, he just knew that. He knew you'd take the, it seriously. The conviction that there is. So when you say conviction, what do you mean when you say conviction? That's where the, uh, yeah, not everyone okay. uses. Yeah. So it made me really look at myself and feel like I was uh, coming up short on, on what I was claiming to be a follower of Jesus, but I was not doing but what were, he commanded. But you were acting like a mere fan. I was acting like a fan. I just, oh, I okay. loved, I, I believed and knew that he paid for my sins on the cross. I, I believed and, and knew that he was resurrected and ascended and is at the right hand of the Father. But I still wasn't doing what okay. he said to do. Yeah. I, I was... Um, I wanted all that. I wanted to be close enough to Jesus to get those benefits, 
but I didn't want to be so close that I had to give up anything, really. And mm-hmm. that, that, I think, is the difference, or a difference, is a fan wants the benefits okay, and wants to cheer on Jesus and be on that team, but a follower, um, there's sacrifice that we have to make. To, okay. um, we, we have to be obedient in some of these things. It, it's, I mean, he's, Jesus is the one asking the question, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? Oh, so you're saying and Jesus is the one that's questioning whether or not you're a fan. Or that's, whether you're really yeah. a follower of him. Yeah. Oh, well, that's probably true. Okay. Well, I mean, you, you, you could, I suppose you could trick anyone else into believing that you were a follower, but you're not, you're not going to trick Jesus on that. He, okay. He's going to know. Um, and I, I think, I think we can even convince ourselves sometimes. I, I know I could. Well, I think that's probably, if, if there's anything that is really worth paying attention to, it's that. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we totally can. Yeah, yeah. So some of the things that, that became problems to me. That, before before yeah, you. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Go tell ahead. me your problems in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's plenty, yeah. But uh, uh, somebody said that um, you can... Um, I forget exactly how, now I forgot how it went, but you can, um, the good news is that you can fool other people, or that they're much easier to fool. Um, oh, now I forgot it. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> but it's just that the, 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 the easiest person to fool yeah. is yourself. Yeah. That's, that's the thrust of the quote that I can't remember. How's right. that? There, there you go. go. That's good podcasting right here, that's folks. True. <laughs> true. I'm sorry. I interrupted you and I can't even remember. Well, it's no, pretty dumb, but no, it's very true though. And, and I, the, the problem was, was this book for me kind of made me realize that I was doing that, that I was, I was kidding myself. I was, um, I had, I was a fan. I was claiming to be a follower, but I was just uh, being a fan. And so it, some specific things that I couldn't, couldn't reconcile uh, was um, I wasn't baptized. I, baptism is something that I believe is a, a step of obedience that, that we take when you uh, become a follower of Jesus. That is a step that we take in obedience to that, okay. and and I knew that I I wanted to be baptized, but I didn't want it enough to uh, risk what I thought I was going to lose if I did that. That at followers, if yeah. if you went and did that, um, you're 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 out. I mean, you you mm-hmm. don't get to stay. It's it's just. It wouldn't be accepted there, right? So um, we've talked about it before. They, there's a specific calling that a person has to have to have the authority to baptize, and so mm-hmm. that uh, can't happen there. And but I knew it was a step of obedience that I just wasn't doing. And then okay. how are you gonna how are you gonna claim to be a follower of Jesus and not do that? And so you're you're thinking of what. Jesus, what we call the Great Commission, go yeah. and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. In other words, how can you be a disciple mm-hmm. without that next step? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you're saying. Right. And I, 
I always think of the House of Cornelius when I think about baptism because that's just the way, kind of the way things happened for me. I, I believe I was uh, converted and, and born again before baptism. And in Acts chapter 10, they, they say, now how can we deny them water? who have received the spirit the same as we yeah. how the next step for them was to get baptized and right. and i that was just something that weighed on me that i was not doing and so that was one of them um never had never taken part in communion which um jesus says to do when it, as often as you do this do this in remembrance of me he's uh, breaking you'd never, the bread you'd never done that i had never done that Oh, okay. Yeah, that was um, that was something that wasn't done until after you were baptized, and that tradition was just lost with baptism. And oh, okay. back in 1969. Okay, so nobody had taken nope. communion since 1969. Right. Interesting. Okay. And so when Jesus says, um, "Do this as often as you do this in remembrance of me," with the the bread and the wine, it was, it was just, it was, lo- I, I just didn't do that. It was like I just ripped that page out of the Bible and said that doesn't apply to me because I couldn't do it the way I thought it should be done. I, okay. Um, we didn't, we just said we don't have the opportunity to do it, so mm-hmm. it, God must not be requiring it anymore. It would be something that we would come up with. Um, not everybody, but different people um, thought baptism and the supper were very important and that we needed that again and that mm-hmm. we needed to be praying for a man to be called to be able to reinstitute that. Mm-hmm. Um, others thought if God has not called anyone for a long time, then this must not apply to us anymore. And was as simple as that. That's why I say just... Interesting. Just tear that page out. So, and since it was optional, that's what you're saying. Yeah, it was fan like. Yeah, exactly. Because it was optional. I mean, yep. just like it's optional for you to yeah. continue to follow LeBron James. Yeah. Now that he's got the scoring record. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, I I had a conversation with one guy that um, he used the analogy of your dad asking you to paint a fence, and he said if you. If your dad asked you to paint the fence and then didn't provide any paint for you, he wouldn't be upset with you if you didn't get the fence painted. And I was in construction my whole life, and my dad owned a business. And if my dad said to paint the fence, yeah. But if my dad said, get this fence painted, he would have expected me to figure out a way to get this fence painted. And if he didn't, Mm. he would not have accepted the excuse that, well, you didn't provide the paint for me. he would have said, "Why didn't you figure it out?" And yeah. and when I when I kind of went on with that analogy, like, look, this was when my brother and some of those guys had gotten baptized, but outside of followers. Okay, I said to use your analogy, they they got the fence painted. They right. were obedient, and uh, they found. I said they found some paint, and they got the fence painted. And his response was, "Well, I don't want to use their paint," and and that is a fan to me. I well, mean, that's, well that's, that, is, that is different. Yeah. So in other words, that's a refusal to say. Well, that's true. You know, that, that's that, true. In, in some respect, that isn't admiring from a distance. That's just right. flatly saying, I don't want that. 
right you know in that regard so it is a little different i think right yeah no that's true um but it's a it, it's not something that i could uh in good conscience say i'm a follower of jesus and say i i'm not but i'm not going to be obedient on baptism right you know i've had other friends of mine that have told have told me uh when i was talking about it you know i think we need baptism and i think we need to do this step of obedience and he just looked at me and said i have never given baptism a thought ever in my life mm-hmm. but claim to be in relationship with jesus uh-huh. and I, I just i don't know how to reconcile that exactly and yeah i mean that that sounds more fan-like yeah. than, than the refusal but yeah. the reality is okay now you're giving it some thought because you brought it up right and right. so once exactly. it's brought up then you got to decide yeah. Am I going to be a fan or am I going to really follow? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, baptism, communion. Um, the other one, really the the bigger one that I struggled with, this was the biggest one, was Jesus saying, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. And when I read, um, I can't remember where it is exactly, but the the lawyer that comes to test Jesus and asked him, mm-hmm. how should I be saved? And um, it was love God with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, yes, you've answered correctly. And I, it, it resonated with me so much when he stood up and said, yeah, but who is my neighbor? That, that was my experience my whole life, was we had decided this group of people in this building, these are our neighbors. Mm. And as long as we love them, then we're, which is totally different. It's, it is 180 degrees different than Jesus' parable that he gives as an answer to the guy's question. When you read on, in, where is that? We need to say what that is. Uh, the Good Samaritan? Yeah. It's, is, um, I think it's in Luke is it Luke it's 10? Luke 10. Yeah, it is in Luke 10. But he goes on to describe different people of different religious backgrounds and different religious beliefs. And, and ethnicities. Ethnicities. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and crossing those lines to help the other. And that's what makes someone a neighbor. Right. And Well, if it's any consolation, I mean, it's one thing to define your neighbor in in a too narrow of a sense, like mm-hmm. you're saying you did, mm-hmm. or in, and maybe even to define it so that you like to do it better, right? I like right. to, I like to love these people, but not these other people. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But the reality is, all of us struggle with loving our neighbor. That's why it's one of the. I mean, we all struggle with loving God, and we all struggle with loving our neighbor, and that is the work of being a follower of Jesus is to right. really commit yourself to both those things, but. But yeah, we all struggle with that. I mean, it's not... Yeah. um, So here's really what the problem was for me, was that I was good most of my life with defining who my neighbor was and justifying myself that way. But I spent a little bit of time knowing that I was guilty of asking this question, of knowing that I was not defining my neighbor properly or trying to change this commandment Mm. of jesus i knew 
that I was wrong for um, not being around a certain group of people that were friends of mine just not long before when they did go to the church. But now that just the only difference was they didn't go to the church anymore, and I knew it was wrong for me to not love them as my neighbor. You just defined them out then, yeah, what you did. I, well, I, I just was disobedient to Jesus. I just didn't love my neighbor as myself anymore. Okay. I changed the way I treated those people, and I did that um, because I was afraid. Because if you don't, then people are going to change mm. the way they treat me, and it's just this snowball effect there. Okay. And so that's that's where I was at in kind of in coming to faith and this process of becoming a follower of Jesus. I it was at this point where this book just shined a bright light on the fact that I was being a hypocrite. That and when I you got when you got confronted with it, yeah. and you I mean it's one thing you can go on as a fan if nobody brings it up and right. if it never really comes up. Like right. fan, 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 and then all of a sudden somebody says, "But that's not the main thing. You're missing the right. uh, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, your neighbors yourself." That's kind of the central thing, and you're missing it. Right. When somebody points that out, then it's a different thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Because what he's asking, but who is my neighbor? He's looking for a way to not be obedient, right? I mean, he's he's looking for a way to be justified. I, I think yeah. it even says in there too in order to justify himself right. and that that's right. what i was doing was mm-hmm. i was i was justifying myself uh thinking that i was a follower of jesus claiming to be a follower right. of jesus but not uh doing what he says mm-hmm. i you know um the other one was i i never i was afraid to risk talking about jesus to people too much I, uh, you talk about the Great Commission, go and make disciples, oh, mm-hmm. and we've talked about it before. We didn't, I didn't go, so I, okay. I didn't go anywhere. And then there was there was such a fear for me of being um, cast out or not fitting in that, I mean, if I if I was making a disciple, it wasn't in the right way. It was to convince people don't. Don't get out on the edges or something mm-hmm. like that, you mm-hmm. know. And so it was, um, yeah, it was just another thing that I realized I was being disobedient about okay. and, and just assuming that I, God might be merciful to me. <laughs> I, I don't know. So what did you do then when you had this sort of awakening or whatever it was? Yeah, um, I wish... I wish I could remember the exact date that this was. I can't, but this was this was not long before we ended up. I, I just I just couldn't be a hypocrite about it anymore. I mm. I just uh, that I think that's where I was talking about the. I felt convicted by I, the Holy Spirit. I was just maybe I was strengthened. I, I remember praying a lot. Um, that the Lord would show me what is right and that he would give me the strength to then do what is right. Because mm-hmm. you need both of those things. You you need to... That's true. Yeah. yeah you, and for a while, I remember that prayer changing because I remember I, I felt like I did know what was right, but I still didn't have the strength to do what was right. 
And I remember my prayer life changing. I remember like to the point where I almost stopped praying because like I I can't take I can't take the conviction of this anymore because I mm-hmm. don't have the strength to stand up to it. I mm-hmm. I don't have the strength to do what's right. So it was uh yeah, I, I went I took a little bit of time there where I I didn't read the Bible very much for mm-hmm. a little bit and I didn't pray very much because I just all it was doing was making me all I could see was what I wasn't doing. I was claiming to be something that I wasn't. And yeah, which I think is when you, you use the word hypocrite earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what you mean by that is yeah. when because if you're not making the claim, you're not right. a hypocrite, right? You know, if if you're not claiming to be uh, a follower, you're not. Yeah, you know, it's, if if you're not making the claim, you're not a hypocrite. So, but what you're saying is you did make the claim, and then you learned better, and it became more and more clear. It became more of more of a crisis for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. And then there's um, the other thing I think we do if we're trying to decide if you're a fan or a follower, or if you're, how do I know if I really am a follower of Jesus? And one of the things that uh, the author writes in this book is that we like to grade on a curve. We, we like to find someone who's not doing as good a job as we are, and then that makes us feel, we elevate ourselves and feel more like a follower because I'm doing a better job than they are. Mm-hmm. And there's so much of that that, that went on um, out there. Mm-hmm. I, and I think it goes on everywhere. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think it's a human trait to right. grade on a curve. But, yeah, um, yeah it, it's, not, it's not good enough. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. What matters is your relationship yeah, I mean, with in, Jesus. In, in every... In every situation in life, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter how much money somebody else makes. It doesn't no. matter how happy their marriage is. It doesn't matter, you know, how many right. kids they have or you name it. It Those things are all auxiliary. It really matters is what's going on inside of you. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, he, he talked about in there, I remember him um, just really focusing in on that difference between what a fan is and what a follower is and what uh, – some churches even look like today he was talking about that he mm-hmm. he had this fear of if we have too many fans of Jesus who are claiming to be followers then our churches are going to look more like uh, stadiums than sanctuaries where people mm-hmm. gather once a week to cheer on Jesus and celebrate the great things that he did mm. uh, and and it's that's that's not a good comparison to make if we're comparing if we're bringing Jesus down to more of the Michael Jordan LeBron James level and uh, we've we've completely missed mm-hmm. the point of of being uh, a follower of Jesus. Well, and I, I mean, I appreciate you bringing this up because there are there are churches out mm-hmm. there that they you know they probably look like stadiums perhaps, yeah. but but the reality is they have a concert. Yeah, and they have a TED talk, yeah, and the whole thing is kind of based on this same kind of cult of celebrity, mm-hmm. and it it doesn't really create followers of Jesus; it creates fans of Jesus. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that's um, I I would recommend to anybody. I'm this this book I would recommend to anybody, but it is. It is a challenging book, and but yeah. if you, 
But if you truly are a follower of Jesus, then you're up for this challenge. It, and, oh. and you you want to prove that you are a follower. I mean, you, you want to confirm that you're a follower of Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to make that sound like you can do something to, to do that, right. but um, don't, don't back away from this challenge. I mean, you, if you're not, and this can somehow shine a light where you're being a fan when you need to be a follower, then a follower of Jesus would want to know that and yeah. would welcome that challenge. And it's, and it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth I mean, it. It's worth it to be a follower. And, you know, especially if you're uncertain, yeah, it would be a good thing to find that, get that spotlight like you yeah. indicated earlier and fi- figure it out. Yeah. 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 Well, um, we let's bring up a, a hymn again that that we would sing, uh, followers, um, trust and obey, mm. and I think, I mean, really, that's. I I do want to make sure that I'm not talking about um, someone who um, can be obedient enough to become a follower of Jesus. I want to make sure that we're not talking about this backwards because it just like the title of this song it's trust and obey mm-hmm. it's knowing it's knowing who Jesus is it's having that relationship with Jesus that's where the obedience comes from when we for me in my experience when when I wasn't obedient to Jesus because it was going to cost me too much or because it might cost me too much really I just wasn't trusting him enough. I, I just didn't trust that he would bring me through that. And so I, I just think that's important to say. I, I think it's really important to say. In fact, I'm you know, this this Sunday we're gonna be looking at a, a passage in Matthew that talks about taking up your cross and following mm-hmm. and not being a fan, basically. Yeah. And then it goes on to say, because the person who loses his life is gonna gain it. Mm-hmm. And you know what are you going to give in exchange for your soul? And one day Jesus is going to come, going to return and make it all worthwhile. And the question isn't have I done enough. The question is do I really believe that? Yeah. Because if I really believe Him on those things, then I'll follow Him. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I'm glad you raised that that question of faith because I, I, I do think it's easy to misunderstand it. And ultimately, it always comes down to faith. Right. Well, always comes down right. to do I really believe that Jesus is good as you know as good as he said he is yeah and and it is really important I've talked about it on here before but that um, that Matthew 7 uh, section where there are going to be a whole bunch of people who think they are followers of Jesus mm. that come to him saying look at all these things we've done in your name and they're not going to have a relationship with him that he's not mm-hmm. going to recognize them and that's that's the importance of being a true follower of Jesus and and examining that. I, I mm-hmm. mean, just just ask yourself: Am am I a fan or am I a follower? And mm-hmm. there there are a lot of important questions, but I, I can't think of very many more important. That's questions right up at the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that's yeah. great, Mark. Thanks. Well, in um, yeah, trust and obey. Just. It says, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Um, the chorus is, trust and obey, for there's no other way 
to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Can, can I interrupt you there? Yeah. Two, I mean, there are two things, just even that first verse. One is that he abides with us still. He is with you when you take this step to go from fan to follower. He, yeah. he, he will be with you and you have that comfort. And then um, there's joy in it. That's what the Course yeah. says, there's joy in it. And yeah. it's, it's worth doing. Yeah. Um, there is uh, another one because verse 3 I, stood out to me because um, there, there just are some challenges um, to becoming a follower of Jesus, oh, yeah. a true follower. And uh, verse 3 says, Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief nor a loss, not a frown nor a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. And I just think if we, if we really do trust Jesus and, and we really do know that um, this life is just, it's so temporary. It's, it's worth whatever burden there is, whatever cross there is. Um, there is. There is a verse, I think it's in Romans, but it, it says that... Um, uh, the, the trouble of this current day is not worthy of being compared mm. to the joy that is to come. I'm paraphrasing mm. that, but um, it, we're talking about eternity. I mean, this is not a um, this is not a small stakes decision that you're mm. making. This is um, yeah, th- this is something that you're going to want to be a follower of the right person here. Uh, and and a fan is not going to be enough. And it, Jesus is worth trusting and obeying. Mm. So. That's a good word. Well, thanks, Scott. Yeah. We'll, uh, Thank you. See you next time. Well, hopefully this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website, www.onerightchurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.